Find the shit-up! Front to back! Side to side! This is... The Old Ego Podcast! Thank you for checking out the show. My name is Hayden Oakley and this is The Old Ego Podcast. Today I was joined by Jared McLaren of Bloom where we discussed a range of topics and got to dive deep into the formation of the band and their creative process. If you're a fan of the show, or even if you're not, please give us an email. Let us know what you think. You can email us at altegopod at gmail.com. We read every email, and we'd love to hear your feedback or recommendations. You can follow the podcast everywhere by the handle at altegopod, um, or even you can follow me at lack, full stop. All right, without any further ado, let's get into the show. This is my chat with Jared McLaren. All right, thank you for coming onto the show, man. I appreciate you uh, jumping on in the middle of putting out what's going to be, you guys, uh, on a big release, your first release with Grayscale. So, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. No worries, man. uh, How's things been today? Been busy? Yeah, it's all right. I'm working from home at the moment, um, as I'm sure... Almost everyone is, um, but I'm yeah, loving lovely. it. Like I, I really enjoy the flexibility of it all. I don't, don't want to go what back. What are you doing for work? So I do um, post-production effects for film. Um, oh, so cool. it's a easy one to do at home because it's um, remote in from my computer and easy days. Roll out of bed like two minutes before I start, have a coffee. It's great. Love it. That's awesome, man. How'd you get yeah. into that? So um, I went into a uni course like right after, uh, right after school, um, like basically just went straight into it and it was doing like 3D animation and all that kind of stuff. And then through that, I got um, this like unpaid internship at a studio called Animal Logic um, and they're up mm. in Sydney and they, um, they did like um, Happy Feet and the Matrix movies and a bunch of other stuff. Um, oh, shit. And then um, it's got a hired- yeah, great, great starting point. And being in Sydney is nice. Don't have to move. Um, and then got hired out of that um, to work on Peter Rabbit, um, the first movie. Um, and then basically just been coasting through. So did Captain Marvel and the second um, Peter Rabbit with them. Um, and now I'm at a place called ILM um, in Sydney as well. And they did like um, Jurassic Park and Star Wars and stuff. So I'm working on a few spicy things Jeez. with them at the moment. It's a good time. Dude, that's hectic. I'm going to have to get into more detail on that in a sec because <laughs> in this pod, um, what we do is we kind of we kind of start from the start and we work our way forward and we just talk about like, you know, where you come from as an artist uh, and what, what the different things are that you do and um, and I would just really explore just what made you today, uh, the you know, the creative person that you are. Um, so, we kind of start from the start. What was, you know, your family kind of structure like as a kid? Where did you grow up? Uh, where did you go to school? Um, just kind of tell me about those early years. Yeah, my my family life was a bit interesting because um, so when I was five, I think, um, my parents split um, and they both stayed in Sydney, um, always been in Sydney. Um, but because they like split and then remarried, um, it was just like a bunch of different houses and areas in Sydney. Um, we've always been up on the north um, shore, um, so like north of the, the bridge, um, and that's where all of the um, guys grew up basically, except for Ollie, um, who yeah. um, he was born in New Zealand. Um, but yeah, we all met up on the north shore, and um, yeah, my dad is living out in the country at the moment, um, and then my mum's still in Sydney, 
Um, but yeah, been here my whole life and, and I love it. I know there's a bit of a Melbourne and Sydney debate, um, but I do love it up here. <laughs> no, no, Sydney's cool. I've been up a couple of times and it's it's definitely like a sick spot. Like despite how much mm. shit I talk like <laughs> off the camera, <laughs> yeah. but that's just Melbourne, man. That's just how we roll. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, was that like a 50-50 split with mum and dad as a kid or like how was that? Were you more with mum or with dad? Yeah, it was basically like straight down the middle until I think mm. I was in like year eight um, because my um, my mum was like way closer to school um, than my yeah. dad. Like not that far, but obviously without being able to drive, like it makes it so much harder. It just logistically to, made sense. Yeah, exactly. Like just to hang out with friends and, and get to school and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I think it was That's in cool. like year eight or nine, I... Um, moved like more to a full-time role with my mum um yeah and then my dad moved in like 2015 out to the country um and like bought a house and stuff all out there um and then i've just been with my mum um since which has been sick i mean like just from your description it sounds like it was like a pretty amicable kind of thing like everything was kind of like at least at least they made it work for you kind of thing yeah exactly like it can get pretty messy so it was it was generally a pretty good situation have you got any brothers and sisters or is it just you? Yeah, so I've got um, a full sister from that marriage, from my mum and my dad. Um, and she's mm. four years younger than me. So she like just got out of school last year um, doing her thing. Um, bit rough for her with COVID at the moment. Like first year out of high school, you're supposed to be like ruining your life. But <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... Oh, there's a generation um, protected from alcohol. alcohol yeah, exactly, binging, exactly. Like. <laughs> um, and then I've got a, um, a half sister. So that's my mum and um, the guy that she remarried. And she's 11 now. So that's a 12-year gap between us. Um, and then I've got a stepbrother and a stepsister from the woman that my dad remarried. So from my stepmom. Um, and yeah. they're like my age. So it's like, what, five of us? That's sick. Yeah, it's big. And like <laughs> all over the place, like the step siblings are in Perth. So I don't, I don't really see them much anymore. Mm. Um, but I live um, full time with my both my sisters. So that's nice oh, cool, cool. to have them around. Yeah, yeah, and you're pretty tight with your family, are you? Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty close, which oh, is cool. nice. So, so whenabouts did, um, you know, your artistic uh, proclivities kind of start to come about? Like, how old were you? Was it, did, was it always guitar? I'm like, mm. you know, or was it a mixture of things? Or where did you kind of start? I used to like, I remember when I was like super young, I just like thought I was like an amazing singer, like weirdly, because like, I definitely wasn't like at yeah. all but I used, to, I used to just like think i was like when i was like eight or nine i was like oh my god i'm amazing i was like i'm gonna go on like um australia's got talent like do all this stuff like obviously never happened never actually did any of it but used to like have all those like dreams as a like year six kid kind of thing um but never like properly took it seriously until high school i guess um yeah because in like year seven i think it was in year seven um we like didn't have um, any like TV reception or any like this was before like you'd have your fetch TV or your Netflixes and stuff. So um, mm. I just like didn't really have that to sink all my time into. Um, and my mum had this like old guitar that she never used. So I was like, I'll just like learn this, I guess. Um, and I never like really, I guess I didn't really take it too seriously when I started because um, I didn't do lessons or anything, but um kind of just from sticking to it, um, like yeah. learnt the basic chords and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think at the time, like it definitely wasn't like a cool thing to be into music, weirdly. 
Um, I think like um, in year seven, like it wasn't something that people were like bragging about or like you kind of keep it like hidden weirdly. Um, That's weird. Yeah, really weird because I feel like it like at least now, like I think it would be kind of a like a coolish thing like to be interested in, I guess. Um, I think it's always been a cool thing. I think it's kind of yeah, weird I don't know that that kind of vibe. I know. It was a weird vibe of like being kind of like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, maybe because it was like, you know, like other kids are into like sport and yeah, like more, I guess, semi-mainstream. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I get that because like, it was weird because I find it weird for you as you being a guitar player. Because like I remember when I was in school, I was playing like the trumpet. Like I was, you know, ripping that horn, bro. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um. It was it was funny as because like it was always you know the the band kids doing like you know mm. flute or saxophone or trumpet or like whatever and like they're kind of like weird but then like there's the kids <laughs> who were like you know the guitar students the, cool and the drum kids. students are like they're, the, they're they're like the cool <laughs> music people and yeah. it's like they were kind of like that intermediary group between like the cool kids and like the band kids and it's like yeah. those guys like kind of like did they both. bridged the gap yeah they did they did but you didn't have that experience that's weird man yeah that's it weird. was weird I I think it it became more like that later in high school um mm. like towards year eight and nine i think it became more um like mainstream i guess for for people to get involved in it and it became a bit more like um easy to feel comfortable with it um yeah. and then like i joined um like the vocal ensemble and and did um school spectacular which is like a big school show where we um sang in the choir um and then just yeah. generally like performing arts and stuff um, and I'd play like shitty blink covers at, in music class and like we're doing like yeah. stick to your guns and like all, an all time low and like all these, um, bands like doing like all these God awful acoustic covers of them. Um, but you know, you got to start somewhere, right? A hundred percent, man. That's, <laughs> that's great. I feel like there's a lot of people that can kind of like relate to that story. Yeah. Um, so we're with like. You said you like you picked up your mum's guitar. I'm guessing like mm. you kind of just first of all got yourself into it. Did you ever like when did you start taking lessons or did you ever start taking lessons? What was that like? So I never like never took lessons, um, which I mean in retrospect I would have I would love if I had taken lessons because I'd be way better yeah. now. Um, but yeah, never took lessons. Just like learnt online. Um, just like set up my laptop and looked up tabs for fucking wonderwall and like all time lo- like remembering <laughs> sunday was one that i played all the time um Hell by yeah. all time low so yeah just like learning songs that i was listening to um and mm. kind of stumbling through it um and then at some point like figuring out how to sing while playing because that's like a massive hurdle like i couldn't at first it's just like your mind breaks and you can't do it um so yeah, yeah figuring that out just like slogging through it and trying to get it dude that sounds so similar to like what I, cause I did like the same thing. It's just like, why yeah. is my right hand like doing this when I'm trying to sing this? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And your hands <laughs> just don't work. But once you get it, it's yeah, like you're it's locked so in. So good. Um, but yeah. I, and even after that, like I would say like, oh, I'm, I play guitar. Um, yeah. But I don't think I ever like became a good guitar player or decent until. You weren't like, a shredder, but you, you could, you could dabble. Well, yeah, I guess I could play like so, like Blink songs and, you know, like I could play some stuff, but I don't think I became like actually good until like last year, like really? post okay. first Bloom release, like yeah. actually good at playing guitar. 
like before that I was just kind of stumbling and like figuring stuff out. And I like, I think I did some good stuff, but now I feel way more comfortable with it. Um, yeah. Even though like, like Ollie is, um, a lot more like classically trained, I guess, like not, not like, um, jazz or anything, but he knows music theory and he's a lot more like tuned into that. Um, whereas I like never clicked with me in music class, music theory, like, I never really got it. I didn't put enough effort in, I don't think. Um, yeah. So, but that's kind of fun because then like we write quite differently because I'm just like, mm. what sounds good to me? Like, I don't know if <laughs> I it press works my fingers on these spots and exactly, it's sick, yeah. so. <laughs> I'm like, where is the good sounding note? Whereas Ollie, like, he knows like that's a C major or like whatever. Like, it's this scale and like I'm playing it fucking d like he knows that stuff so he knows like where to go on the fretboard whereas i'm just guessing yeah. but it, it's cool because then it gives like different styles which is nice that's probably like part of the like the learning process i guess like mm. from being in a like we're jumping forward to be here but like being in a band with like some guys that have got a bit more like technical understanding being able to like i know you kind of just like passively learn shit i guess along the way yeah exactly and it's nice when like we need to know the key of something and he's just like this is the key I'm like, great. I like, ne- I would never have figured that out, ever. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So, um, we kind of like got up to that point. I think you're like we we're talking about you being like year nine or whatever when you got into like the vocal ensemble. Mm. Um, what was the inspiration for that? Just like being like, yeah, I want to sing. This is where people <laughs> sing. So what was it <laughs> No, when I was like, so when I was in like year six or year seven, I was like really into dancing, and yeah. I was in. There was like a hip hop dance on ensemble, I guess, in the school spectacular when I was mm. in year seven, and I was in that. And um, our school also had the vocal ensemble, mm. so um, we were on the same bus because it was like you had to bus into the city and spend all day there, that kind of stuff. And um, the music teacher, who was like the lead of the vocal ensemble, had um, mentioned to me like that I should join the vocal ensemble. And I was like, oh, nah, like, that's lame. Like, I don't want to be in choir. Um, and then, like, throughout year eight, I think um, everyone becomes way more comfortable and and it became less of, like, I think a stigma to be, like, in the choir. And I felt more comfortable yeah. with myself that I, like, even if someone was, like, thinking that that's a lame thing to do, like, I wouldn't care. Um, so then in year nine, I was like, I'm just going to do it, like, and I wasn't into dance anymore, so I was like, this is something I can do to get... <laughs> We're going to have to cut that bit out. Yeah, please stand for technical difficulties. Stand for technical <laughs> difficulties. I've got this, like, oh. super shoddy, like, mic setup because Andrew, our bass player, forgot to get me a mic stand the other day. Nice, nice. Oh. I've got... I actually recently, like bought this thing from jb hi-fi it's like it's cheap as fuck and it's mm. like a studio boom arm so like i went from having like this because i do everything from my computer desk and i had like yep. this you know big ugly boom stand like kind of like reaching across the desk and now i've got like this desk stand so mm. sick dude i just like fucking move it around like i recorded a bunch of acoustic guitar as well and like i can just like move it like into the right spot I, it stays. I would recommend i recommend highly I it's like, a lot. it looks like, kind of wanky but it's sick dude this is like the dodgiest setup ever but as long as I don't hit it like I just did, like an idiot, then I think we're okay, <laughs> you know? That's all good, man. So, where were we? You were um, talking about um, how, like, you kind of dropped the stigma 
uh, of being in choir and just kind of like jump into it? Yeah, I just kind of like was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. And like yeah. I had some friends that were in it already, so it made it a bit easier um, because it's not like you're going into a class with like 30 random people because it's obviously like year seven to year 12. So it's a bunch of yeah. like older people as well. And I think that the older people at that time, they were actually like really popular. Um, yeah. So it made it a lot easier to go in and they were super supportive and, and um, really kind and, and it was really easy to just go in. Um, and then cool. I was basically in it like all the way through year 12 then. Um, and that was like, I don't think it necessarily like it made me a better vocalist in terms of like technique, but it definitely um, made me like confident because we were performing all the time and it made me more comfortable with that like performing side. And also like yeah. that was like Jono and Andrew were both in that as well from Bloom. So mm. it's like doing these things that are like shaping us through high school like together. So it's kind of, um, it was part of our friendship, which was, um, yeah. I think, pretty important. That's pretty cool. So when did you guys meet? How old are you? So um, Andrew and I met in year seven. Um, actually, mm. we met very briefly in year five at like an enrichment thing, but properly in year seven <laughs> and became friends in year seven. Um, and like when we um, first learnt guitars, because he was a French horn player and then learnt yeah, bass okay. um, so that he could play in a band. And like we used to, you know, meet up and play shitty covers together. Um, and then Jono um, came to our school in year nine. And he was actually a DJ. So he, uh, oh, yeah, dude. Jono, it, yeah. yeah, DJ Ono. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude, that's his name. That's his oh DJ name. Oh, my God. That is so good. <laughs> it is pretty good. Um, but everyone thought that that was like so sick. Like, cause he brought, I think he brought his deck to school, like on like the first <laughs> yes. day or like very oh, early. Man. And everyone was like, oh, my God, it is so sick. Um, So, he was an instant hit. Um, Dude, every, like, every, like, year eight party, he would have been fucking hired. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Yeah, he was, he was loving it. Um, So, he came in year nine and then, like, we immediately became friends. And then, uh, basically, from that point up until year 12, we were just um, always doing, like, um, like drama and music and, and all that kind of stuff as a group. Um, with a mm. few others um, and I think that helped a lot to like even before Bloom because we hadn't even thought about um, like making a band up until like 2016 I think um, but mm. we were still like being creative together I guess yeah just as a point of reference can I ask how old are you uh, so I'm 23 um, everyone oh 23 in th- three days um but everyone oh, is the same age except for um, Ollie, who's a year younger. So he's a 98 and then we're all, uh, the rest of us are 97. Actually, Jack is a year older as well. Oh, okay. So all about that same age, around 23. Yeah, cool, cool. So when did you kind of, so I guess like, I, like as a collective, you guys kind of came together in 2016. What was mm. your first kind of... I guess, band kind of situation. I know you were doing the school thing, but like, what was the first thing for you that was like, get together with some mates and just like jam or whatever? Like what, when, when did that happen for you? So there was a few, I think in like year eight, year nine, um, right after we like Andrew picked up bass and had um, played mm. a bit and I'd, um, I like bought an electric guitar um, and we um, mucked around a little bit um, and like wrote some songs. Um, and I said that very <laughs> loosely. Um 
but um, the first, like, I guess, proper, like, band band experience um, would be in, um, I think, 2015, 2016, where me and Jono were, like, thinking of starting something. Um, and we met up with a few people and, like, it went horribly, but it was, like, something, which was nice. To It felt like we were actually, like, trying, which was cool. Yeah. Did you have a band name? I do like to know, like, these... No, these but it didn't get names. to that point. I think the drummer sent us some that were, like, god-awful. Um, oh, and so he cool. rocked up them. to the prac and he didn't know the songs. So, we yeah. cracked to a guitar pro drum through the PA because he didn't know that the songs. Is, <laughs> that is so good. I love that. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I hear, like, a lot of people like, oh, yeah, you just had, like, some mates. We started jamming. That experience that you said right there, yeah. fuck, man. <laughs> that, I feel that. I feel that. So good. <laughs> oh, it was rough. We, um, oh. what did we play? We played Witness by Counterparts and good a song choice. by Your Demise. Your Demise, really? Yeah, I don't know what song it was, but... John, I loved it at the time, but I mean, we played them, but it was pretty rough because we didn't have a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. Oh, well, the beautiful thing about the guitar pro drummer, it doesn't stop for anyone's mistakes. No, and it's perfect. <laughs> it's right on click, right on metronome. It's right on click. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Too funny. So, um, when, when would you say like your first band is like Bloom your first band or did you have like a first band? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, Bloom, for me and Jono, um, is our first band. Um, I know Andrew and Ollie were in um, a few bands before that um, through us being in high school um, because um, that was like, there was like kind of a group of us um, from like year nine upwards, I guess, that um, used to go to like local shows. Um, like there was way more of a local scene back then in Sydney. Um, yeah. There is, it, it, doesn't really exist anymore which is a bit of a shame but um they used to be like we're not near the city and there used to be hardcore shows like in my suburb that like north lane played when they were first starting out um and oceano like headlined once um crazy what? yeah there's like on their tour they like <laughs> played our neighborhood which was cr- yeah insane um but they mm. were in um uh in i think two bands each uh that were like yeah. super hardcore bands um mm. like this was uh i think they like supported like in hearts awake when they were doing like <laughs> when they were coming up that kind of um kind of yeah. sound um and yeah ollie was a front man of a band and he sang and screamed and then andrew yeah, was playing sick. bass so like i saw them playing and and jono definitely saw them a lot more um yeah but we weren't in any of those bands so it was yeah. kind of like I was like, I'd love to be in a band, but I listen to pop punk and I yeah. like don't know how to write riffs. So I like yeah. couldn't be in those bands. Yeah, no, that's fair. So like how old were the guys then at that stage? Like age range roughly. Oh, probably like 15, 16. That's sick. That's, that's sick. like Getting everyone was that you? age. Like mm. like at that time, there it was everyone was like 15, 16 playing like hardcore bands. And yeah. it was it was a venue called Yo-Yo's. Um, which like anyone in Sydney will like know that name. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was sick. It was like this tiny, um, community hall. And on Friday nights, they would just have hardcore shows. And it was like right next to this, um, like tiny mall, just had like a Woolworths and McDonald's and stuff. And the area that we live in is pretty like 
white, like middle class, like <laughs> older people. So yeah, like they would not be happy on a Friday night when everyone's like <laughs> the McDonald's is full of like hardcore kids and just like loud music. That's so sick. Yeah, it oh, was I love sick that. though. Yeah, like that Marcus like an is awesome. Like you gone? Sorry, go on. <laughs> I was gonna say Marcus Bridge. Um, he was in a band called um, Stamped for the Fallen because um, he's yeah. originally from our area and they used to play all the time. And That's if, if you want to look them up, they have um, some riffer songs. They're- yeah, dude, I've, I've <laughs> sussed. I've sussed. It's good. It's, it's, it's so funny. It's classic like 2011 mm. to 2013. It's great. So sick. <laughs> Oh, cool. So, how did how did Bloom get together, and how did like was that was that you and Jono? I'm guessing was it your idea? Yeah. So, it started with me and Jono. Like, I think it kind of stemmed from like never being in bands ourselves, and all of our friends being in bands and being around that, um, but never having that experience ourselves. Um, mm. So, we like initially um, we reached out to um, Brooke Harley. Um, you might know her. She plays bass in Headstrong at the moment. Um, she's like an um, amazing photographer as well. Um, and we did some stuff with her and then it kind of just like fizzled out. Nothing really happened. Um, I don't think um, like me or John, I was super like um, keen, like keen to pursue it um, at that point. Yeah. Um, but then maybe a year later, we um, kind of decided that we wanted to actually like um, go for it and, and start playing shows and, and actually write like music that we're happy with. Um, and he was doing an audio degree at the time. So we would just go to his uni and just write like, in hindsight, like terrible demos, like so <laughs> bad. And maybe they'll, maybe they'll end up on an Instagram story one day. Um, that's so funny. They're mortifying to me. So I don't know. Um, I'm but I guess MP3s exist. Oh, they absolutely <laughs> exist. They're like mixes that John I did, but oh. they're like not mixed at all. Like terrible. There's no vocal, like anything really it just sounds like a dry vocal with like a di'd guitar and neither of us could play drums or midi drums so none of them have <laughs> drums at all yeah <laughs> oh man that <laughs> is so good yeah, they're really bad um every now and then like when we get drunk like john would just like put it on on the home pod <laughs> and just embarrass me <laughs> Um, that's so sick but i think like you kind of need to start somewhere so i'm glad we did it Mm. um because from there like we ended up getting um we met jack um who Mm. he went to a different high school than us like didn't know him at all and met him through um a friend who was working at hoyts um and they worked together and we just needed a drummer and he was like oh i know this guy who plays drums so um we met up with him and then um practiced with him and andrew as well um because we're like, hey, we need a bass player. Andrew, can you please pay, play bass for us? And um, the good thing about Andrew is he's like an actual bass player rather than like a random guitarist that we were like, please yeah. play bass. Like he actually knows how That's to play so bass. That's so rare. Which is great. So rare. And there is a, you can hear the difference. Like he actually knows how to write runs and like play properly, which is great. Um, but we, we ended up cracking and it was like amazing to actually have drums because we, we were cracking to the demos we'd written, but they didn't have drums at all. So we had no idea like how rhythmically it would really work. <laughs> um, oh, man. So having Jack come in was like, oh my God, like 
the like light bulb kind of like, oh, this can actually be good. Like we can <laughs> actually write something good now. Um, and that was amazing. And then we just kind of cycled through lead guitarists. We had two lead guitarists before Ollie and we always wanted Ollie, but he was um, doing heavier projects at the time. Yeah. Um, but then they like stopped. And your demos weren't impressing anyone either. Oh no, no. I, <laughs> I don't think I even showed Ollie. It was like, yeah. I've been embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he came on after our first single. Um, he actually wrote leads for our first single because the, oh, really? um, yeah. Cause we weren't really happy with what was being written because I'm pretty bad at writing leads. So I couldn't do it. Yeah. And then the guy that we, um, were practicing with at the time, he was more of like a, um, like a surf Rocky kind of guitarist. Um, mm. so he couldn't, he didn't really write leads, um, that worked with the demos. Yeah. Um, and with QME, like he just, um, he was writing in a different like headspace, I guess. Um, cause he was l- only listening to that kind of genre. Um, so then Ollie, we were just like, can you please write some leads for us? And he just like shout out some leads in 15 minutes, sent them over and we we're like, cool, we'll use those. They sound infinitely better. Um, <laughs> and then we ended up snagging him, um, once his other project finished. Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, your name's on the credits. You're in the band now. Yeah, please, 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 please. <laughs> like, begged him to join. And thank That's God he funny, did. That's funny, I love that. Cool. So, that was that was 2017. You guys did that first single. Yeah. Um, Cure Me, right? Yeah, Cure Me. God. It's a classic. <laughs> how, how, how do you guys feel about it now? Like, in retrospect, you still, like, pretty stoked on it? I mean, like, I think everything pre-cold, there's, like, a distinction of like us before cold and after cold. Um, Mm. And like QME still, I think is decent, especially the end. I think the end is really good. Um, But I think it is really like a first single for 18-year-old us or 19-year-old us. Like it it shows, I think. Um, Mm. Still like it, still enjoy playing it. Like the end is so fun to play um, because people know the words and – everyone's singing that which is sick um but like i wish it sounded like cold sounds yeah yeah i mean cv's got that magic he has the special touch he really does i wish we went to cv at day one it would be amazing who who did you go to at day one like where did where did you guys start recording so cure me and the first ep um past tense are both with um fletch um he is um the well, he was the guitarist of Perspectives, mm-hmm. um, and he recorded um, their album and I think some of their earlier stuff. Some like their early early stuff was recorded by Marcus Bridge um, oh, back wow. in Forry. Yeah, um, so yeah, he recorded their album, and um, now he does a bunch of um, like kind of like alternative rock, I guess, or like like Triple J rock. I don't know, like, what genre you okay. classify it as. Um, but I mean, he, Triple J Rock is a genre. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is a genre, right? Um, so he recorded, um, like, Stumps and um, Sweater Curse, I think is their name. Um, and, like, he, he does that really well. He does that style really well. Um, and I think he, um, like, I really like the mix and the recording of um, uh, That Perspective's album. Like, I love them and I love that album. Um, Great band. Yeah, oh, amazing band. And um, it was really cool to to work with him because, like, he was someone that we looked up to and, like, we saw them play shows in 
like 2012, 2013, when we weren't in a band and um, mm. we were like wanting to be in a band. So it's like they're it's kind of It's definitely a that. cool full circle thing. Yeah, exactly. Like working with someone who you used to like scream words at on the stage kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that, that was a really cool experience. Um, I just think like for our sound and what we're going with, like CV, like just knows exactly what it is. And he yeah. like- yeah, he's just, just like, fit, I guess. he's, yeah, he's the fit for us. Like, there's nothing bad on Fletch. Like, I think he's amazing. Um, mm. And yeah, um, like, he's an awesome guy. He'll always have a special place in my heart. Um, and that was like a really fun experience as well. Like, as an early band, um, like, he was um, a really cool, like, I guess, gateway into like actually being serious. Um, yeah. Because he, um, like, the way he, um, held the sessions and um, like helped us kind of get the music onto record um, was really like inviting, which was nice, especially because going into it as him being in perspectives, we were a bit like, Ooh, like spooked as our young 18 year old selves. <laughs> um, but he made it, he made it really easy. And yeah, I think it's definitely like made um, like going to CV a lot easier. Um, Cause I was like, Oh, well that's Maybe the experience. Yeah. That's the experience we have with Fletch. Like we know what we're doing. Mm. He taught us like how to actually, um, record properly and like take clean vocal takes and stuff like that. Um, so we felt like super comfortable to go down yeah. and feel like we have a bit more experience. If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 for sure. For, for your first time going into the studio, like if you like remember back, do you remember being like surprised by anything in particular? Was it something that just struck you being like, oh, what? That's how you do this. That's that's unusual. I didn't expect that. I feel like it's more. I got more surprised with Chris. Because with Fletch, um, we did everything analog and kind of traditional, um, which mm. was cool. And, and I enjoyed um, that experience, um, like doing the, um, like we were all there for the um, the drum recording. And like we recorded um, into like a cabinet with a microphone and like pedals and like experimenting with the different pedal sounds and stuff. Um, whereas with Chris, um, like it's all digital, but in mm. the best way, like like I, I love how it sounds yeah. and it made it so like easy and like he just played a note and I was like, that's the tone. Like that's it. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Um, but that surprised me the most because I think I had the idea before we went down that like digital is bad. Like I think that's something that a lot of people um, think about um, guitars especially is that mm. like using a digital cab is like bad like it's a taboo kind of thing um yeah but it sounded amazing like i don't know what yeah, chris has like- on his computer or what magic he's doing but um that really surprised me when he was like yeah i do things digital and i think we were all like oh a bit apprehensive at first um mm. especially because doing demos like my demo sounded like trash and i'm using digital but it's because yeah. i'm not using like good digital and he knows how to mix and and make it sound amazing yeah like mm. I said, he's got the magic juice. He makes it. He happen. really does. He's so good. So, so what kind of? So you guys did the the first single, and did you get like much success off the first single? Like you guys playing shows and shit off that first single? Off the first single, it, we I think we um, we released it, and we didn't end up doing too much directly after it. I think it, it's yeah. it's so hard, like because we didn't know no, anyone it is a while either. Back. Yeah, like at that point. Um, like, I don't think I knew a single person in the scene. Like, really, that like Just that was mates. important. Like, in terms of 
I didn't know anyone who could get me a show or get me in touch with someone who could get me a show, that kind of thing. So we, we kind of just released it and like, I think, you know, we got some good response from, from people. Um, mm. But it wasn't until like, I think it was right after we'd recorded Past Tense, we got um, an offer, I think it was from Ash actually, um, to play on, um, it was the Sydney date of Stateside and Stuck Out. So a bit of a weird gig for us. That's a sick that's a like, sick one, though. Sick gig, yeah. Um, but we're, I know we're a bit worried, like, pop-punk show, and we're, like, the um, heaviest act on the gig kind of thing. Um, that's kind of, like, a cool thing, though. Like, I think being, the like, the heaviest band is just yeah. like, yeah, we're the fucking we're the biggest <laughs> dick the here. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could definitely have, um, like, a, a really positive effect as well because you kind of stand out. Um, mm. But I think the best part of that show, like, the, the set went um, pretty well. And like, I think the reception was good. Um, but the best part of it was just meeting stuck out. Um, because like after the show, we had like a proper chat with them. And that was like, they were the first guys like in the scene, I guess that we like felt like they were our peers rather than like, Oh, that's a band on the stage that I'm like coming to a show to see. It was like, they became like our peers and our friends and that kind of, uh, made us feel a lot more um, comfortable and confident to play shows and put ourselves out there as like a band rather than like, oh, we're just some guys trying to put out music. Like, it's like, oh no, yeah. we're like taking this seriously. We're actually a band. And um, their drummer, um, Lockie, ended up managing us for, I think, a year or so. Um, mm. Because it was just like, yeah, like I really liked the show. Like, what are you guys doing for management? And we were like, <laughs> nothing. Like, we're not a real band. Um, so that was sick to have someone who like knew cause they'd, um, like toured before and they were on a national yeah. tour. Like they were a real band and, and he like, um, taught us a bunch of stuff that, so instead of us having to make mistakes to learn, he kind of just like, um, showed us the way, which was really sick. Yeah. That's cool. It's cool. It's like, oh, look, don't step there. That's dog shit. Yeah, step to the side. Yeah, Let's exactly. Go. And if we didn't have him, we definitely would have made like so many more mistakes and not gotten as many shows and you know, made all the wrong moves. So it was really good to have yeah. him. Well, that's cool. Cause I, that kind of leads into like where I'm going with the next question. What kind of inspired you to move from working with Fletch to going down and, and working with CV? Was, was he part of the, that process? Uh, like was CV um, part of the process? No, sorry. It was, um, you know, you mate Lockie, oh, Lockie. jumping. Yeah. I think Lockie had mentioned that CV did um, like that. He was a recording um, hmm. artist, I guess a producer. Um, and I had been like obsessed with better half, um, for like a few months and we had, um, plans to do a single and we're like, you know what, let's just like, let's just do something different. Like, let's go down to Melbourne, like out of all places. Um, like, I don't think I'd ever been to Melbourne before, um, before we we did cold. So it was, um, kind of like, let's just have a holiday, um, Let's go down for a few days. Um, and like, this if is, it sounds anything like better half, then I'm like sold. I'm happy. <laughs> there's a certain, there's a certain irony in coming down to Melbourne and writing a song called cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it was freezing when we came down from Yeah, memory. it would have been. That's funny. Guys. Yeah. Um, awesome. So that, that, that better half, um, that was just after the EP came out, right? That you jumped yeah. onto the better half train. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, after the EP, but before um, Give Up On Me. So, yeah, what, yeah. Reasons To Leave, I think is, is what it's called. Yeah, Reasons um, To Leave, that's it. Yeah, I was just like, 
bumping that every day at work, like just on repeat. Um, and yeah, I think it, it might've been like you said, he self-recorded it. And I was like, oh my God, this sounds amazing. Like, this is what I want us to sound like. Um, Cause I think a lot of, um, at least for me, like a lot of my influence comes from like pop punk, like bands like Knuckle Puck and Better Half and Citizen. Like yeah. that's how I want to write our um, music. Like even though I like, I guess you'd categorize it's a different it's style, but it's got it has those like heavier like t- yeah, exactly yeah. Like Knuckle Puck have um, like really cool rhythm sections that I always try and like take inspiration from. Um, so hearing better half and then, um, like listening to the demos that we'd written, I was like, this would be sick. Let's, um, go for it. And we hit Chris up and he was like, yep, um, come down. And we're like, sweet. We'll come down have like a holiday, um, go down for a week and just write, a, write a track. And like the whole, um, experience of writing with him, cause we wrote a lot more with him. Like with Fletch, it was, we kind of just took the music to him and we did a, a, a few adjustments, but he was more of just a recording, mixing, mastering um, kind of process. Whereas with Chris, mm. we wanted him to like produce with us. Um, yeah. And he didn't add that much to the song, but what he added was like amazing. Like it, it was like crucial to the song being where it's at today. Yeah. Like I think he just has that way of like knowing exactly how to, like just turn the dial up like past 10 <laughs> get that 11 Pull yeah that 11 out like, of he just he yeah. just squeezes everything out of like the demo um and makes it like better than what we could have thought it, it, it could get to um yeah and that's why we were like no question we're going down and working with him um yeah 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 for, for sure yeah for the i mean like yeah, I mean, like, after after the success of Cold, man, like, it would have just made sense. Like, I'm looking at the yeah, numbers absolutely. now. What What is it? I'm, I'm, I was looking on, on, on um Spotify, and it's, like, 400,000 or something like that. I think it's, like, just past 490. It's, like, almost Crazy. at that 500, which is insane. Like, And you got, like, 190,000 on, on, yeah, on Dreambound. Yeah, crazy, man. That was that's sick, dude. That's that's crazy numbers, but like fully deserved because that's a fucking banger of a track, man. Yeah, that song so came good. out so like I'm so happy with with how that came out. I think it's like a really good um blend of like melodic hardcore, but then like it has like pop, like poppy elements. Um Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which like is the song structure as well. Yeah, exactly. Like it's pretty basic um song structure. And like one mm. of the things Chris did was um he was like, we need to repeat this first verse. Like, we just need to repeat it. And we we're like, oh, I don't know. Like, before that, we had this weird mantra of, like, not repeating sections. Like, we want to have, like, yeah. heaps of different sections of all of our songs. And, like, you'll hear that in, in the first EP. Like, the, I don't think that there might be, like, one or two repeating sections. Like, a lot of it is just random, um, which at the time yeah. I was like, this is sick. Like, this is so cool. We don't have, like, choruses. Like, we're, yeah. we're cool. I mean, like... But counterparts did like the exact same thing. They used to have like all these songs, never had a repeating part. Then they like put out like you're not you anymore with like all these like chorusy bits and even and a little sick. bit on um tragedy. And it's like yeah. the band just got like way bigger and it's like yeah, like <laughs> one plus one makes a two. That choruses are like a thing to use. Like they're yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, and I think like as soon as he said that, we were all a bit apprehensive, but then he pressed play and we were like, Oh yeah, like that makes so much sense. It sounds so much better. The flow is like fixed. Like it's, yeah. it's perfect. So, um, 
yeah, it definitely has like that semi-basic structure. Um, but I think it's interesting enough to um, like keep you listening for the whole song, which is um, something mm. I was really happy about. Um, and like it was the first song since Cure Me that like had my cleans on it, which was cool because um, we were trying to get a bit more of that incorporated. And then mm. like in the new EP, like I sing on every song. Um, so we're going like more in that direction, which like I like, I'm happy with. Yeah. <laughs> you seem pretty stoked. You seem yeah. pretty stoked. I mean, like it's a good time. Dude, it sounds, it's like, it's like the perfect sound. Like it just works for you guys. Like having that, that little bit of like, it isn't like, you know, Amity levels of like, you know, you've got like full yeah. sections of just like, just you, but like, it's exactly, just like yeah. drips and drabs and it's like got enough like hardcore energy, but then it's got like, I don't know. I reckon yeah. it's sick. I, reckon I it's like, sick. I like how it's not, um, like. Jono screams in the verse and then I sing in the chorus and then it goes yeah. back to screams. Like it's um, kind of thrown around a bit. Um, like in daylight, it's like in the first verse and in the service is in the verse and the end. Um, mm. So it's, it's kind of um, mixed around. So it's not like predictable, I guess, which is cool. Um, yeah. And that's like a, a massive part of that is Chris as well. Um, he like, we take ideas to him and then, <clears throat> He just yeah takes it to that next level. He's the filter. Yeah, he's everything has to go through Chris now. Everything. Yeah. No, nah, that's cool, man. It's it's really cool that you got that relationship and you've got that trust because like yeah, exactly. I, I feel like it's it takes a while like to get there with mm. with you know anyone that you want to work with, and it's cool that you guys figured it out like you know second try. Yeah, exactly. I I'm really happy that we've we've gone to that point, um, and I think like we will always have chris in like a producing role um Mm. like because i think at this point like he's become a like integral part of our sound um yeah like bloom is like he's like a sixth member almost of us yeah which is sick now that's sick man that's Mm. so cool that's so cool so from you guys you guys recorded cold um and you're like fuck we got this banger now what are we going to do with it how do you kind of figure out how you're going to like get that out there how are you going to promote it um how'd you figure out to go to dreambound what was the process there god so yeah we had it recorded and we're like okay this is this is pretty sick um and it's really different than the ep so we should kind of put a bit more emphasis on it um because it, it'll feel bigger because it's also a, a, like not a, a difference in sound, like a change in sound, but um, the actual like mix is quite different. Like the record, it just sounds um, like a next step, I guess. Um, yeah, bit of so, a turning chapter. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we should do a video. Um, and we'd worked with Billy Zammett before um, on a, a song off the EP. And we're really happy with how his stuff came out. Like it's super professional. He, Knows his shit, looks really good. So we were like, okay, we'll go with him again and we'll do, we'll do a video. Um, and he's he's awesome, like super collaborative. Um, me and John, I just met up with him, um, talked through ideas of like what we want to do. Um, and then he just makes it happen, which is sick. Um, mm. So yeah, we, we shot the video and like really happy with how it came out. Um, Andrew like built a set um in at his works warehouse and we just like went there and did the whole thing in this like fake room um and yeah really happy with with the result and with dreambound we'd sent them we sent them our very first video ever which was like a low budget one that we did with some mates for phantom pain that didn't get through i think they'd come back yeah they'd come back and said no and we were like fair it's a 
pretty low budget, <laughs> like whatever. All good, no worries. Um, and then we sent them the one that we did with Billy that was like way more professional, like like I think it looks really, really, really good, really clean. Just heard nothing. Like they just didn't say anything to our emails. So we're like, shit, okay. Um, let's just not even bother for cold. So we didn't even send them an email, just like didn't reach out, just let's not worry about it. So we um, we released it on Facebook and YouTube off our own, all our own socials. And it was doing pretty well, like way better than the previous stuff. And we met up for beers with Billy and we got an email. Um, like it must have been like 12 hours after we released it from Dreambound being like, hey, like, do you want to put it on Dreambound instead? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we do. So we had to like at the pub, we were like transferring money and like PayPaling it because they're in Europe. So we're mm. like doing the um, the like conversion rate for, um, Euro- like for euros to AUD and like transferring money and like sending it over um, to get like the package that we want for um, promotion and all that. Um, and like 100% worth it because once it got on there, um, it got like that second boost and like their audience is massive. And we saw like across Spotify and our socials, like it like blew up almost from that song. Um, so that was like such an amazing experience of a release. That's sick. Yeah. I love that. That's such a cool story. I love the fact that they just like, like, yeah, nah, this band isn't, isn't worth our time. And then, yeah, and and then it's just like, oh yeah, <laughs> in the DM. Like, as soon as it does like a little <laughs> bit well, cause it wasn't like, it was doing well, but it wasn't like blowing up. But mm. I guess one of them must have seen, like, been following us or, or seen something across their socials. Um, mm. And I'm like, yep, we'll we'll take that. Um, yeah. And I mean, it was worth it. Like, yeah, almost at two hundred thousand views, and and like, it doesn't really matter about the views as, as such. It's more like the Facebook likes and the consistent fan base we've gotten from that hundred ninety thousand views. Like, um, yeah, man, the amount of like people that the have amount come of eyes, it's crazy. Yeah, you think of like 190,000 people in a room and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's insane. Like, yeah, just having that many eyes on your music um, and Mm. then translating even like 10% of those people over to like monthly listeners, then they're going to hear new stuff and it just grows from there. I think like the big part is getting that like first few thousand people to listen to you is like the biggest slog. Because like who wants to listen to a band that has like five monthly listeners? So like getting that, like, and we had that like across the first EP, like it, we, we definitely have people listening to us, but I think we've noticed that since cold, like it's pushed it up above and then like subsequent releases are getting more eyes and more traction because of that. Well, it gives you that legitimacy as well. It's just like, oh yeah. Like people see like, you know, like a big number at the top and like, oh, this is a good band. It's so true. Like it, it doesn't matter if they're actually good or not. You see like over x amount of thousand you're like oh these guys must be good like yeah. just, your brain is just dumb and it's like big number good band <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh that's so good that's so good yeah so um from from that point onwards you know what were the offers like you know what what kind of came out came about from you guys putting out cold like was it like you know from the industry at large and like you know locally mm. i guess as well after cold, I think we, we got some more um, like better local shows and like AMPMs and stuff, um, like better billing on, on stuff like that. Um, I, I can't remember getting any like real 
tour offers or anything. Um, I, I think we got a few, but none that um, were really uh, what we wanted to do. Um, not that they were like bad bands or bad offers or anything, but just like maybe not in the style that um, we were wanting, like um, or wrong dates or stuff like that. Because um, like John, I works in um, retail, so he like can't tour for certain times because they're blacked out. Um, so we've mm. had some issues with that. But um, I think it's just mainly like better um, show spots um, and like playing with better bands. Like we got to play with like um, Sleep Talk and whatever forever a bunch. And just a bunch of cool um, Australian bands that we had like looked up to before. Uh, we were like getting the recognition from them, I guess, after Cold yeah. came out. Um, and then like it's just built from that now on these releases. Like um, what well, we got the Grayscale offer, I guess is like the biggest one. That's fairly post Cold, but I think Cold definitely has something to do with it. Like Ash yeah. taking notice, Josh taking notice from Grayscale. And then that going into these new releases, them showing a lot more interest. Yeah. Did, was that, did they show you that interest? Like, did you guys like record um, the EP and then be like, oi, this is what we're doing. And then the offer came or did they offer before? before so the yeah, the, the offer came after we'd recorded everything. Um, hmm. We got some interest from Ash um, like right before um, Invasion Fest. Um, Cause we'd gotten um, the Invasion Fest spot. Um, and that's from Ash cause he was booking the whole thing. Um, and then he'd, um, shown interest in, in some of our new music and we sent that over to him. Um, and him and our manager, um, Emily, uh, were kind of discussing that. Um, and then like would have been just a little bit after, um, invasion, we got, um, an official offer come through, um, which is like so sick. It's crazy. <laughs> how did you guys react to that one what was the what was the response like oh it like it was so sick like i think we knew like when the actual offer came through we'd, we'd already we knew it was coming but it was still like you see that like email tag and it's like grayscale bloom offer <laughs> it's just like the best the best email yeah. line ever <laughs> like best subject line um but yeah like once ash started showing interest that was it definitely got us excited because Obviously, mm. like, Grayscale is such a, um, like, pillar at the moment, especially. Like, they've obviously been yeah. around for a while, but I think now they're really, like, building. Um, mm. And it's like, what, UNFD them and resist. Um, and I'd say, like, for our size, I'd prefer to be on Grayscale out of all those three. Um, yeah. Just for, like, what we're going for, the size that we're at. Um, so, yeah, I'm super happy with it. And it's been awesome, like, working. Yeah. we're working with um, Josh and Dylan really closely. Um, and they've been sick. Like Dylan's, um, a graphic design gun. He's just like pumping out heaps of assets, which is amazing. Um, cause I used to do that for all of our stuff and like, I'm okay at it, but I'm definitely not great. And he's like actually good. So it's, it's mm. sick that he, um, he's like making up all those like amazing assets for us. And we've got like a much better team around us, which is really cool. Yeah. It feels like we're way more supported and it's less like, um, me i'm like i'm thinking a lot less about like oh did i do this or did i do that i can just like pump it into a chat and someone's like yep i've done it which is yeah so cool i love it that's awesome man that's awesome Mm. so uh, before we like move on to like you know where we're at right now um 
you know, you jumped into the studio the second time with CV. What mm. was like? What was that like? In because I know we can't really talk about the songs too much because mm. you know nothing's been released yet. But uh, well, you know the singles are out, I guess. But um, what was that like in comparison to going to the studio the first time? I think like we were definitely more comfortable because you've got the whole like three day, four day experience from Cold um, mm. backing us up. So we're like, we want to see Chris. Like we're already really good friends. We've um, sent him some stuff to listen to. Um, and like, we're just generally, we're more comfortable, I think. Um, so we came down, um, we listened to all the demos that we had. We had like 10 demos, um, just got Chris to listen to them all, pick his favorite ones that he, that he thought were the strongest. Um, and then we, we kind of just went from there. Um, but I think like the longer experience was um, really interesting as well, because it's like going from three days to we did 12 days straight for the ep um with no gap so we were just there like every day um and like definitely made us way closer to chris because you're like way more in an intimate setting of like you're seeing this person for like 10 hours a day 12 days in a row um but yeah i was like just we're so happy with the experience with him hmm no, that's cool, man. That's cool. Mm. So you guys didn't feel like you rushed it, like you had like enough time, you got everything done, you wanted to get done with that? I think because John I did have to go down after to record his vocals. Um so I think in um in hindsight we like for like if we were doing the same thing, like for five songs, we would um book more days. Um mm. but that's like it, it happens, it was it was okay. Um, and it was fine for him to fly down because um, he just fl- flew down by himself, like did the vocals in, in a day or two and then flew back. So um, it was it was all right. Um, like yeah. no, no biggie there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think we necessarily rushed anything. Like I feel like everything got its due time. Um, but like, I mean, I'd more than happy take more time. Um, yeah. It's just like hard to get away from work, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys aren't, you know, rock stars just yet. You know, you still got your day jobs. No, and <laughs> like living in Sydney, we can't like just have one or two people go to the studio on yeah. know, Guitars Day and just do that. Like we have to all fly down and stay at an Airbnb for that long and make it like a trip. Yeah. But I do love that it's like a holiday. Like it feels yeah. like a holiday. Mm, yeah it must be it must be like a good experience as well just like to get out of your town and it's just like you know have that inspiration to be in somewhere else yeah exactly it was yeah it's, it's amazing like take what eight days off work because you got the weekends in the middle drive down to melbourne get a mm. airbnb had an airbnb in um none are doing is that how you say it <laughs> how do you say, say it? not a doing not a wadding not a wadding oh there you go i was close wedding, yeah. i was very close uh so we had a um an airbnb there and chris is in box hill so um we just drove mm. over each day um yeah and it was sick did you guys hit up lou yang's oh the dumpling place yeah dude. yeah yeah have you had veggie hut dude dude veggie hut's like around the corner isn't yeah it? It's like, yeah it's around the corner it's like yeah. a vegan um like I guess just like Asian cuisine, like they've basically got everything. And we would just get the lamb curry, like the mock lamb curry. And it was sick. Mm. Got it like five times. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, Fuck. So much good food in that, in that little spot. Oh, it's a great spot. Yeah, man. Cool. So um, you guys, uh, you've you done the record and, um, you know, you started pumping out the singles. Uh, first one was a service uh, with my boy Tony. Yes. Um, Tony in the video spot. The debut. Yeah, bro. 
<laughs> oh man, he's get he's gonna go on and do big things. Big things, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, what kind of inspired you guys to choose the service as the first single? So I think like we we tossed up. There's another um, another song on the EP, um, the title track at, at the end um, that we had thought about doing as a single as well. Um, so it was kind of um, the service daylight and this other song that were in the running. Um, but with it being like a final song on the EP, it has that like, um, kind of like it wraps up the whole, um, themes of the EP and, and, um, it, it definitely feels like an ending. So we kind of straight away from picking that, even though it is like a really strong song, we, we really like it. Um, we wanted that to be more of something that you listen to after the first four songs, like I think it yeah. it hits a lot heavier if you've heard the other songs and um, it wraps up a lot of the lyrical content. Um, so then we were left with um, the service and daylight. I just think they have stronger, um, like stronger intros, um, stronger um, like hooky sections, um, mm. which obviously you want for for a single. And also daylight having Michael on it that was kind of a no brainer um, to have like the featured like song to be a, a single as well. Um, so yeah, I don't know if there was like any real discussion between like the service and daylight, like when we were going to get those out. I think the big thing was just daylight, um, having that like as the feature, it kind of feels like a build up from the service. Um, feels like yeah. kind of a, a bigger song and we wanted, um, we wanted Michael to be in the video as well. Um, so we were like, we'll just do a, a, a like a cheaper storyline kind of video for the service and then spend the money on the performance, um, side for daylight. Um, cause then we can yeah. get Michael in the video and, and it'll be a bit more like hype, I guess. Um, I think yeah. like performance videos always do better. Um, and like I've seen, we've seen that from daylight, like it's performed really well. So, um, yeah, it's got that big breakdown at the end as well, which yeah. is like, I know. I feel like it makes it like it. Like when you've got a big breakdown in a video, I know it kind of just like raises the whole thing because like you get that visual. Sure. Yeah, yeah and I'm really happy with what Brandon did um, with the like all the strobing lights and stuff. Um, like that came out really sick. Um, so mm. I'm really happy with how that came out visually um, to like separate the like beat down breakdown from the rest of the song. Mm. Mm. Nah, that's cool, man. So. Um, we're wrapping up now, kind of getting to like, you know, where you guys are at now. Um, when's the record coming out? When, when, when is that happening? Uh, record's out October 9th. Um, I had to think about that because we've actually yeah. <laughs> posted October 8th a few times. Um, so October 9th, uh, the record's out. Um, and there's pre-orders and stuff through um, Artists First. And that's on like all our socials through Grayscale. Um, but yeah, very, very keen for it. Like we've been sitting on those songs for basically 12 months. I think we went down mm. October 30th to record it all, something around there. So it's basically a year since we've had mm. these songs and they've been ready since like February. Um, yeah. So very keen to get them out. Um, obviously a bit of a bummer that we can't tour off them. Um, but, you know, fingers crossed that coming up into 2021, there's like smaller capped shows or something obviously only when it's safe but yeah. fingers crossed that you know the situation gets better and people wear their mask and be good and you know <laughs> yeah especially well, I'd, I'd be keen to go to a dinner party with bloom that'd be cool <laughs> yes dude <laughs> a sit down 
Yeah, dude. Let's get those those plates out, just like <laughs> pre prepared meals. Love it. Absolutely. Lean cuisine it. out of the yes, microwave. Dude. Yeah, and in Melbourne, it's a bit of a tougher situation, obviously, than up here. So, mm. you know, hopefully there's some form of normalcy in, in New South Wales soon where we can do like maybe like a smaller show coming up into next year. Um, yeah. If it's safe, but we'll see. Yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, it's hard. It's hard. I yeah. mean, I can only imagine releasing now the the amount of challenges that you guys have had to face and just making things happen. Yeah, it's been it's been tough, but also like I think, um, it, like it's been the same for every band. Like there was that segment in like the beginning of the year where everyone it was all kind of up in the air and no one was sure. But then I feel like since like maybe July, like bands have just been like, "Fuck it, let's just get." our music out and it's kind of gone back into like back into normalcy almost and mm. like like we saw on friday like knuckle park yours truly um movements like they all released albums so like bands are doing it and i think it's getting mm. more into like back into the swing of things and um like kind of different release schedules like knuckle puck released five singles from that album um which yeah. i don't think they would have done before but i think it works and it'll be interesting to see like post covid how release um kind of works because i think that worked really well like they were in my mind like a lot more than if they just dropped like the standard two or three singles and then the full album yeah Mm. yeah no i definitely i I definitely reckon there's a lot of lessons to be learned and i think everyone's going to come out of this being much more prepared to be like they're just going to be better business-wise as musicians, mm. like, you know, doing doing things that are going to be in their best interest. Um, yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, there's, there's a whole heap of shit that people are going to be doing, like, well after this is all gone. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll take a lot of it as well. Like, if we were to release 11 songs, you know, like, going about it differently and um, considering more, like, how to get people to listen to an entire album. Like, I think that's a hard task these days to get someone to sit down for 40 minutes and listen to 11 songs mm. in order to get to the ones at the end, which I'm sure like most people are proudest of their final songs. And it's like, yeah. how many people actually listen to that these days? So I think, yeah, doing that longer release schedule and, and thinking more about how to get people to sit down and listen is going to like come into play a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, just one last question to close out before, before we uh, wrap up, you know, uh, considering like, you know, just especially this is like a nice tie into what we were just talking about then um, across like, you know, the last since it was 2016. So the last four years of, you know, being in a band really and, you know, across your lifetime, what would you say is like the most important takeaway for someone as an artist or like an upcoming artist to, I guess, put themselves in a good position to succeed? Mm, I think like take yourself seriously, like no matter what level you're at because obviously like you know for people that have already been in bands for a while they're probably already taking themselves seriously but if you're starting up like i don't think we necessarily like took ourselves serious enough until like not too late but i think we could have had more success earlier if we were taking ourselves 100 percent serious like not really worried about how people saw us because you know when you're starting out you might be like oh i'm a bit worried that people will think we're like a bit, being a bit wanky and like taking ourselves too serious when we have 100 likes on facebook but i think you kind of have to be like confident in what you're making and um take it seriously otherwise you're not going to like 
put the money in to get a good mix and master that you're happy with, which is then going to translate into people listening to it and taking it seriously. Like people are only going to take you seriously if you take yourself seriously, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's, um, that's, that's really good advice. Um, cool. So, well, that finishes up with us for today. Thank you for coming on. Um, Records coming out October 9th. Uh, if you want, just shout out like all your socials and stuff. Uh, so, we're at Bloom Sid on all socials. Um, that's nice and easy. Uh, yeah, out through Grayscale October 9th. Um, and you can find everything through them as well. Um, they've got a big link tree and, and we've got pre-orders up at the moment. Um, got some more stuff dropping after the EP to be excited about. I'm really looking forward to getting it all out. We've been sitting on it for ages, so keen to... Uh, to get it out have a look at our socials uh coming up into october hell yeah man all right is there any particular track you would be interested in us uh having play out at the end oh of our songs yeah of course god yeah just say like a random like movement song that i really like to to uh close it out um i reckon play daylight our latest single hell yeah. michael we love michael hell yeah man all right awesome well thank you for jumping on um I'll wrap this up with you in a sec and we'll just hit stop on the recording. I hope it's saved.